Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome in. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. What a beautiful Tuesday morning in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you on the program. Chris Kerber is going to be with us for his final appearance of the 2022-2023 season. Jackson, what time will he be with us here on this award-winning radio presentation? 10.15, Tim. 10.15, he will be with us, so that is coming up. And we are giving away tickets today here for the Blues' final home game. 101 ESPN has your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Blues' final home game of the season. The Blues welcome the Dallas Stars to Enterprise Center tomorrow night, and 101 ESPN wants to send you to the game. Text us on the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646 for your chance to score a pair of tickets to the Blues' final home game of the season on Wednesday night against the Stars. Jackson, you will unilaterally decide who wins this text of the day and tickets to the Blues game. That is true, Tim. Yeah, that's... uh the power I, I I yield. I think it's the power you've earned. Mm, it's the mm-hmm. power you have earned. So uh, Chris Kerber's coming up at 10-15, so I want to go to the Cardinals right away, and then we'll have the Little Piddles Tuesday. Throwdown. Throwdown. Nice. It's kind of alliteration, but alliteration's more about the sound Sounds. and not the letters. Yeah, I think people, that's a misconception. It's yeah. not necessarily and, the and, same and that's sound. A, and, that, and we're big on alliteration on this show. We're also pro-liberty, anti-kink shaming, and we have a... Uh, not results-oriented. That's correct. Those are our four pillars. Uh, really big on not kink-shaming. Yeah. Uh, so let me start with this. I'm really surprised by the Cardinals at 3-7. and seven. I would imagine uh, those of you in the audience are as well. Even if you weren't particularly bullish on the team overall this year, or even if going into the season you were concerned about the starting pitching because you would fall into a category where I would imagine if you were to poll 90% of Cardinal fans on uh, opening day, I think about 90%, excuse me, would have said that they were concerned about the starting pitching. And so far, 10 games in, I mean, we're talking about a 16th of the way through the season, but 10 games in, those fears have certainly uh, been validated. One of the things, though, that I don't feel like is getting as much attention is the fact that the offense is not putting up a lot of runs. And you might go, well, look at their run total. Their run total is pretty good, but that's because they scored, if my math is correct, uh, 20-plus runs, I think, against the Blue Jays to start the season. Yeah. All I know is it's 18 runs over the last seven games. Yeah. And the Cardinals uh, have had some real problems over the last seven games. As a matter of fact, they are one in six. 
And this goes back to something that unfortunately has plagued this team for the last few years. And I take it back even to the 2019 team that went to the NLCS, even though it didn't really feel like they were there because it was so brief. And that is on, on paper, the lineup looks like it should be good. But then when it plays out, they have some problems. And ever since opening up against the Blue Jays, and scoring a bunch of runs, they have run into some problems. And so you saw it again last night with not necessarily capitalizing on some opportunities. Last night you also had Steven Matz give up a bunch of hits, two walks, and the Cardinals aren't getting the starting pitching. For the first time they had some bad defense in there. And then you have the Cardinals, and it's not necessarily getting that much attention, but the offense isn't producing. And now, in addition to last week's Tyler O'Neill dispute, you have Ali Marmol and missing the replay challenge for what would have most likely been overturned run for the Rockies when they were leading 6-3 to three in the bottom of the seventh. Wilson Contreras, his foot came off of home plate, but he swiped Charlie Blackman with the tag to get him. But Ali Marmol did not get the challenge in. Jackson, do we have the audio from uh, Wilson Contreras and Ali Marmol discussing what wound up happening with that? Getting it up right now. All right, Jackson is getting it up right now text in on that 314-399-9646 air comfort service text line and then following their explanation of what transpired with not getting the replay in on time uh, you also hear from wilson Contreras and ali marmol on their level of concern 10 games into the season i ask you the listener what is your level of concern the starting rotation from my standpoint this you know i talk about floors and ceilings and a lot of that just has to be with a doing daily fantasy and being a math nerd for that stuff and stats and probability. Um, But so far, I would say the rotation's performed closer to its floor than its ceiling. I would imagine we'd all agree with that. The issue is I'm not sure how high the ceiling is. And unfortunately, you're seeing the uh, what what takes place when you're closer to the floor. And if this team is not hitting and you don't have a great rotation, this is what you got. And the Cardinals have led for a third of the innings they have played so far this season. Derek Gould details that in his game story on stltoday.com this morning. So you can't afford to be giving away runs if the offense isn't there. And that's speaking of the pitching. And last night it was speaking to a managerial error. Here is what took place. We have Wilson Contreras and Ali Marmol Jackson. I know you have them both up. Go ahead and fire when ready. Uh, there, there was the two in that play. First, first one, I thought my foot was on the on the plate. The second one was that I tagged him, but they never saw it. So I asked the umpire if he saw the tag, and the tag was there right before, way way before um, he touches home plate. He said he never saw it, and apparently uh, we didn't have time to challenge. For me, it was out anyways because I mean I was a tough tough flip, but just myself and to tag him. I know it was like a tough throw, and that's why I tied him. And he was almost like two, two feet, like yeah, two step or three step from from home page. No, he said uh, he said he never saw the tag. Well, um, that was a tough one, and uh, I did my best. I think uh, if you watch the replay, and uh, it's out. All right, there's Wilson Contreras explaining his perspective on the call, and I don't know if too many people would dispute that he did tag him. The issue was. They didn't get the replay challenge in with these new rules in time. Here is Ali Marmol explaining what happened. Uh, yeah, we uh, ran out of time for the challenge, so they didn't allow us to challenge it. It was a matter of we thought we challenged on time. They said we didn't, so they went and reviewed it. Uh, amongst themselves said uh, that uh, it was right at zero when 
we attempted a challenge. If the clock is, I guess, where, where's that line? It's screen to zero. Did you get any clarity? If it shows zero, I guess, I, is it like the stopwatch? They said we ran out of time. Uh, I felt like we did it right at the time expiring, but uh, obviously they got final call on that, and we ran out of time, so therefore we can't challenge. Now, what I want to present is this. They were down 6-3, to three, so this wasn't like it was a 3-3 three, three game, and that was the deciding factor. The final score wound up being 7-4. Cardinals got a fourth run when Nolan Gorman doubled in a run in the top of the ninth with uh, two outs with an opposite field shot. But it does speak to being aware, both for the catcher and the manager, of the new rules, and they weren't. That's a problem. Um, but the bigger issue is what is going on overall with the team because it didn't happen and and Wilson Contreras spoke to that following the game here is what he had to say uh with regards to where this club is so far at three and seven yes I mean I think uh we haven't found our rhythm uh defensively and 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 not pitching and uh and offensively wise um we're working on it I know it's um it's a tough uh start of the season but I know that what this team is capable of, and that's, that doesn't worry that doesn't worry me about. I think we're, we're going to be able to to turn it on, and we're going to be good. We're going we're to have a, a really good season. Wilson Contreras, Ali Marmol was asked the same question. Here is what he had to say about his level of concern. Yeah, obviously we don't love it. Trust me, this clubhouse doesn't love it uh, one bit. Uh, but we'll break through. Um, there's a lot of confidence in the way we communicate amongst each other, and. Uh, We'll be fine, but yeah, we want to break through this. Obviously, it hasn't started the way we wanted to with a three and seven record, but at the end of the day, we'll we'll figure out a way through this, and we'll be fine. Um, that clubhouse has a lot of confidence in what they're able to do, as well as their preparation. So, we'll keep going. It's wonderful to have confidence. It's problematic if it's unfounded. I still do have confidence that the lineup is is better than what we've seen. And again, I realize if you look at the run total for the season. Uh, it's in the middle of the pack, top top half, but I would emphasize that the majority of those runs came in that Blue Jays series. Um, and so what has transpired over the last week and change since the Atlanta series started is reason for concern. I still, th- If I had to bet, that is going to improve. Here's the bigger problem. I'm not sure where you're going to see major improvement across the board when it comes to the rotation. Miles Michael isn't going to keep pitching like this. But I don't know what you have in Jack Flaherty. And I think Jordan Montgomery's done about what you would think his average stats will be over the course of the year. Jake Woodford may or may not be in the rotation you know, beyond the month of April, depending on Adam Wainwright's status. And so Stephen Matz, you know, when Stephen Matz was signed here, I feel like we've gotten some gaslighting on Stephen Matz's career. Uh, When Stephen Matz was signed here, tell me if I'm wrong, please feel free. I think it was viewed as a back end of the rotation guy to eat up some innings, even though he hadn't dealt with injuries. And now it's like, well, you got Stephen Matz. It's like, yeah, but I mean, you know, he's a four or five starter. And so I just don't know where, with what you have in the rotation, you're going to see substantial upgrades. Again, I expect Michaelis to be better. And certainly when Adam Wainwright comes back, I think it will help. But hey, 
you know, you don't know at this point. This is an Adam Wainwright from 2009. Adam Wainwright knows it's not Adam Wainwright from 2009. And what that then leads me back to is what we were discussing throughout the offseason, which is what 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 are we doing? It's such a confusing offseason. Say you're going to spend more money, okay. And now the offseason's come and gone, and you've tended to the catching situation, but that's about it. What is the plan for 2023 when it comes to innings? And what's the plan for 2024 when it comes to pitching? Because right now, only Steven Matz is under contract. They tended to Miles Michaelis. He signs the extension. It's just confusing. That's what I said throughout the course of the offseason. I wasn't necessarily angry so much as I was just confused, which makes me think what John Mazalek said at the start of the offseason isn't what they were planning on doing. Either way, here you are 10 games into the season, and you have concerns in the starting rotation, as you expected, but now, unfortunately, you have some concerns at the moment offensively. I expect one to improve. One, I think you might be getting just a little bit better, but it isn't enough necessarily to be up there with some of the best teams in the game. And the Cardinals saw that when they were playing some of the better teams in the game to start out the season. And now you're losing to a team like the Colorado Rockies, and you see Steven Matz getting hit around by them. So your thoughts are welcome. Your level of concern, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. Don't forget, we're giving away a pair of tickets to the Blues' final home game for our text of the day, which Action Jackson will be deciding at the tail end of this program. Chris Kerber joins us next. We're going to do a year in review, the highs, the lows, the expectations for the year to come, the biggest surprises of this year. We'll get Chris Kerber's perspective on that, and then we will have the Little Piddles Tuesday Throwdown coming up at about 10.35. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mugget and St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Go online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com or use the secret phone number for our listeners, 314-252-0029 to call or text the great Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, or Peter Munganist and work with them directly. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you, and it is our pleasure to be joined for the final time this season here by the great Chris Kerber. Morning, Kerbs. Why is it the final time that I get fired? <laughs> Jackson uh, wants to turn his attention to the Denver Nuggets pursuit of greatness in <laughs> April, May, June. And we're going to talk about the Nuggets in July, apparently, he told me. So yeah. we're just going to keep this oh. thing going. Season recap. Yeah, it's a, oh. it's gonna do, we're going to do a four-week season recap on the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what the consultants want. So I guess uh. that's what we're doing here. I don't know. I just I just do what I'm told, Curbs. You know that. Uh, I want to do a season in review with uh, with you here and get your perspective on, you know, certainly there were a lot more lows than highs, right? relative to expectations. But if you were asked to summarize like a master's thesis in some way, the 2022-2023 Blues season, it's it's one that stands out not just because they're not going to be participating in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but also it's the first time, at least in my recent memory, and maybe you'll be able to cite a season that, that would compare where you're coming off of a, of a, a really solid playoff with, I think, some opt opt optimism from the fan base, certainly some cautious optimism, and then for the season to have the direction that it took with the roller coaster rides that it took in the early part of the season. It just is a unique St. Louis Blues season, but you're in the booth every night, so you may see it differently. What, what, how would you summarize this season? Yeah, I think, you know what, I guess 
maybe a season where plans went wrong, or maybe you call it a season of mistakes. Um, in, in one sense, you came out of those first three games, and there were, I mean, talked to Dave Taylor about this when we were just in Anaheim, and even he was saying, "Man, you got through those first three games, like, boy, we we've got something yeah, here." Yeah. And then just then everything just went kaput after that, and and it stayed very consistent. Now, look, I don't think they've ever been more than three games over five hundred. They've never been more than below four games under five hundred. So they've been consistently right around five hundred. So that's to be five hundred as a good team. You're consistently inconsistent. Um, but you're not bad. So this hasn't been a bad year uh, in terms of just in in terms of fans have not fans have not been treated to just horrible, ugly hockey like they have in some other markets for a long time. Uh, But it wasn't a year of met expectations. And I think with, with hindsight being 2020, you can go back and say, did should Tarasenko have been moved sooner? You know, that, that, that cloud never fully cleared, in, in my opinion. Um, should you have re-signed David Perron? Now, maybe if you did that, maybe this team's in a playoff spot. You're only, what, you know, well, before the last game, I haven't even looked yet since we played, don't have a game for two days. But before the last game, you're only eight points out of a playoff spot. Four wins, right? So, you know, with, with, with a couple of chemistry things that made you four wins better, I actually believe it would have. But it goes beyond that. It goes to, you know, the first part of the year trying to turn more of those key face-offs and everything over to Robert Thomas versus Ryan O'Reilly. Um, you know, really the best winger they found to play with Ryan O'Reilly this season really appeared to have been Josh Lebo. Uh, and that didn't meet the eye test in the end, despite the success they, they seemed to try to have. Um, there were just a whole bunch of things like that, and none of it really got traction. So maybe, I don't know, but as I talked through this, because I, really, I wasn't quite prepped for that, but... As I talk through it, maybe it's the season of no traction. It would would be a way to do it. Where no matter what they tried, you'd see yeah. a start of success, and then and then nothing really stuck. So, um, and to me, to me, I guess if there's anything that disappoints me most about this season, it's the fact that the way it went cost us. It, it cost us O'Reilly, right? It cost us Barbashev at the deadline. No. Maybe one of those guys or both those guys are going to go anyway because Doug Armstrong's real honest and straight about it. He didn't think he could sign them. But you just felt like like the, the, the results on the ice made it very clear how Doug Armstrong was going to handle the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody can argue with the way he handled the trade deadline. I thought it was yeah. spectacular. Right. So that's the – I don't know. if uh, When you get done talking about the Nuggets, we'll circle back and I'll, I'll – <laughs> yes, we, we have that Nuggets thing uh, penciled in, but we can we can call an audible at any moment. All right, if you were to look back on it uh, with uh, the, the season having the, the winning streak uh, and, uh, and certainly, unfortunately, more lows than highs, is there a moment or a game or an off-the-ice element that stands out to you as being the highlight? So, uh, the highlight. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, you got a winning streak uh, like that. That was, unfortunately, then followed up. We now know the context of the winning streak. It was followed up by a losing streak. Uh, But uh, in the moment, it certainly was. was I mean, we'd see three or four game losing streaks. We'd say four game. We'd see four game win streaks. (laughs) It was really, it was really, uh, really kind of crazy in in that sense. Um, I'd have to. 
I'd have to put a little bit of thought, a little more thought on that. But, but, but I will say this, and this is why I say, like, so I went and I looked at this yesterday, all right? Right now, just kind of going all the way up through Buffalo in the standings. So the team's below the Blues and then up to Buffalo. Like, I think more embarrassing than the Blues missing the playoffs than anything, if the standings stay the way they are. It's the Buffalo Sabres. It's the Detroit Red Wings. It's the, it's the Vancouver Canucks that, that you know, and, and those teams that, that, honestly, you're missing the, play, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, like you want to talk about years of giving your team that hockey. If the Sabres miss the playoffs this year, and it looks like they will, they, they're going to they're gonna miss the playoffs for the 12th straight season. The Blues have only missed the playoffs now counting this year 10 times in team history. Buffalo is going to be the 12th straight season. Mm. You know, Detroit will be year seven. Uh, Columbus has missed the playoffs in like nine of 10. Uh, Chicago actually is in a heck of a run. And, and some of these teams, they, they count making the playoffs. Vancouver has missed in six of seven. Now they count, they, they count the playoff bubble in, in 2020 in there. But to me, those teams, even though Vancouver did beat the Blues in the first round, if, if you play that season out, those teams aren't making the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I look at those playoff drops, and then I see Washington and, and St. Louis kind of messing this year after good long runs, championship runs in the mix there. And you're like, okay, the fan base is understanding the retool. But, but here's the difference, Tim. You just had Jordan Cairo hit 70 points for the second straight season. He's one of four players in the last 26 seasons for the Blues to do that. Okay. Robert Thomas, in all likelihood, still could get there in these final two games. But if he doesn't, if it weren't for injuries, he'd have been there. And the same thing with, with Pavel Butchnevich. You know, the, the, the same three players to hit 70 points in back-to-back seasons, you got to go to the early eights. you got, you got Jordan Bennington playing, uh, six, getting 60 starts this year. There's only three other goaltenders, I think, that have had 60 starts in a season for the Blues. Uh, there's there's plenty of reason for optimism, and the the, the cupboard isn't empty here. Uh, I, I love what I've seen from Alexei Toropchenko in the second half, and more importantly, I love that fire we saw from him uh, after that one game. And ever since then, and even before then, he's one of the first guys on the ice. He's one of the last guys off, just trying to get better. There, I'm very optimistic that this team is not going to be in a Buffalo Sabers type you know, San Jose Sharks-type rebuild situation that uh, um, that's going to cost them for quite a while. And and even then, I think the acquisitions of Kapanen and Verona, you know, we'll see how that pans out over the long haul of a full season, maybe when more is on the line and there's more pressure than what they have now. But even then, it just showed that Doug Armstrong said, no, I'm, we're, we're, I understand the fan base. I understand what the market needs. Uh, they understand that a retool is coming and a retool is needed but I'm going to do my best to make sure it's not a long one. Yeah, that that's something that I think Blues fans can hold on to. I, I realize the returns are, are early, and the sample size is, relatively speaking, small, but that has certainly been encouraging here over the last month with what we've seen from those two guys and some of the young players as a whole. I want to ask you your opinion on this because we're going to get a chance to see it. I am, I'm really excited to watch the Eastern Conference in particular. The Central is still up for grabs. Uh, what are you expecting from the Stanley Cup playoffs relatively to, relative to the Eastern Conference? 
conference where it just looks absolutely stacked. And the West theoretically is wide open, but the Colorado Avalanche have been a, a different team in the last third of the season relative to what they were health-wise in the first half, two-thirds of the season. So what are your expectations for the Stanley Cup playoffs? I think these playoffs could be absolutely wild. Um, I The cream of the crop of the entire league is clearly Boston. When you set a, a new league record for wins with a couple games to go, you've done something amazing. They have, they have the best all-around team by far. Uh, but there's amazing question lines, storylines and question marks. Did Toronto win all in? Kyle Dubas knows if he doesn't get out of the first round, he probably loses his job. Yeah. They went all in. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't think you can rule them out. That, that championship pedigree is still extremely strong despite a few inconsistencies and some personnel changes, but they're extraordinarily well coached. And then to be honest with you, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who knows? I mean, do they get a last win under Sidney Crosby and them if they, uh, they hold on and get in there? So there's that aspect of it. In the West, Colorado's coming on, but they're not as deep. Edmonton is better than they were last year, but they, they may not. The question mark for them could be the goaltending. The Vegas Golden Knights, a terrific team. Where are they health-wise, and how is their goaltending? There, there's a lot wide open here. Uh, the L.A. Kings may be a team that surprises a lot of people and goes on a deep run. Uh, you know, they still have Kopitar. They still have Dowdy. Some of the famous names that they've had before, and they put a statue outside already for Dustin Brown who's retired, but having said that, the, the Los Angeles Kings play a, a style of play that could wreak some havoc in the playoffs. So for me, wide open is going to be the name of the game. Can't, I really I hate that the Blues won't be in there, but I still can't wait to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, yeah. it is, it's going to be something else. Uh, and like you said, West, wide open, and you got the powerhouse in the East, but certainly a lot of worthy challengers uh, to Boston and what they have done setting that regular season win total record. Chris Kerber with us here on 101 ESPN, giving us his perspective on the Blues 2022 and 2023 season and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Kerbs, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much, kind, kind sir. All right, guys. Have yourself an awesome week, Tim. Thanks. You too. Take it easy. That's Chris Kerber with us here on Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. We come back. It's the Little Pittles Tuesday Throwdown. What questions does Jackson have up his sleeve? And don't forget, you can text in to win two tickets to the Blues' final home game tomorrow, courtesy of 101 ESPN. 314-399-9646. We'll announce the winner coming up at about 1055. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mung and S. St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Uh, fresh off of a conversation, year in review with Chris Kerber, if you missed it, Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers podcast on the 101 ESPN app. You can also leave a mic drop on the 101 ESPN app. And Jackson, do we have any? 
We do. We oh, have yeah. a. Okay. Uh, we have Randy a... Carricker said they had a bunch of mic drops today when I was talking with him in between our shows. So we have hot. Well, we have one. Yeah, we have one here. It's okay, from uh, Steve. Three and seven. Only ten games early in the season. We'll get this back. Stop it! You are the worst team in the National League. And Arenado, you're supposed to be our best hitter. You lead the league in double plays. Grounded into. Next time he grounds into a double play, you take him right off the field and put him on a bus to Memphis. And Goldschmidt, when did you become a singles hitter? Hit some damn home runs. Hit it out of the ballpark. It's thin air out there. Someone hit a home run in Colorado or trade their asses to the Angels. I want a Tani. I want Trout. And move Walker up in the lineup. Your best hitter shouldn't be batting eighth. Move him up to three. Move Arenado or Goldschmidt down to eight. Someone's got to get some hits in this pitching. What's going on with it? Bowtie, get off your ass and get us a pitcher. And you fire Martini. He's worse than Little League. Tired of it. Boy, a lot of passion there. I, candidly, I'm concerned if you are a friend or relative of Steve, maybe drop by the place and make sure that he's okay. It seemed like the pace started to go to a Cantley-like crawl <laughs> at the end as I believe his heart was was experiencing an onrush. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, he's Fire like... Martini. <laughs> he really... Is that combining Ali Marmol and Mike Matheny? Yeah. Yeah. Worse than Little League. Yeah, the... Uh... It's a uh, tough because he you can hear him running out of steam a little bit, but it's also tough. You know, it's, he makes some good points, I guess. Jordan Walker is on a uh, a tear. He has uh, a hit in every single game he's played in the major league level. He's it's now crazy. set a record yeah, for a twenty year old uh, at the, uh, the the base hit last night to keep it going, and uh, that's at this moment the high point. If you would have told me. That they'd be three and seven through ten, I would have been surprised by that. Yeah, and now it's a ten-game sample size, and I want to keep re-emphasizing that. And I still think there'll be a team that will be around five hundred. And if you said you got a bet, they'll be over under five hours, so they'll be over five hundred. I think the over under win total was eighty-seven and a half yep. or eighty-eight and a half. Eighty-seven and a half. And I went under on that, so I've got a very small window to hit of eighty-two, <laughs> eighty-three, eighty-four, eighty-five, eighty-six. Um, but with that all said. It's concerning, and uh, this is not the way when you were heading into the ninth inning against the Toronto Blue Jays after Arenado doubled to give the Cardinals the lead in the bottom of the eighth. If you would have told fans that they would not only lose that game, but then lose six more before getting their fourth win of the season, that that would have caught people off guard, even though. Even though going into the year, there was a lot of concern regarding the starting rotation. So with that all said, that sets the table for today's Little Pittles Tuesday throwdown. Woot, woot! What, what? All right, here we go. I know it's only been two starts, but what do you make so far of Jack Flaherty's performance? He's only surrendered two runs and a small number of hits, but it seems like he hasn't performed up to his stat line. It's very odd. Do you think he's on the border of having a couple rough outings, or do you think he's finding his footing and is set for a good stretch? He's kind of walking this tightrope of, uh, ooh, he gives up a lot of walks or he's giving up hits, but I don't know. It's, it's 50-50 ball. So much of looking ahead in baseball at the moment is like looking at a college football schedule because you have teams who are competing, you have teams who 
are not competing. And you can usually, about a month into the season, uh, pick who is going to be having a nice year and who is already out of things. I don't think too many would have expected the Cardinals to be 3-7 and seven at this point. At the same time, who have could pred- predicted that the Tampa Bay Rays would be 10-0. and 0. And by the way, just as a brief aside, then I'll get back to Jack Flaherty. They've allowed 18 runs. 18 runs. Their last three games, they've shut out the opposition. Context, they've played butt asses. Sure. But still, they have four shutouts out of 10 games. And and Tyler Glass now is not healthy yet. <laughs> That's crazy. And he might be their ace. So the, the Rays, this is something else. And, and the fans in Tampa rallying around them. They had 13,000 people there. They need to get an XFL team. Yeah. So with, with that said, Jack Flaherty is going to get a chance to see some of our good friends from the National League Central uh, coming up. And I would imagine, Jackson, that you would see some semblance of improvement when he does get a chance to do that. At the same time, like you said, his stat line so far uh, is is solid, but if you've watched the games, you wouldn't feel like the right, stat line exactly. is what it is. So he's got to start tomorrow in Colorado, day game. Uh, oh, and he doesn't get the Pirates because he's pitching tomorrow, so he doesn't get the Pirates. Michaelis gets today, and then he gets the Sunday game against the Pirates. Uh, so he'll get the Diamondbacks on Monday. So he doesn't get the Pirates. That would have been helpful. But uh, with regards to Flaherty, it's just it's not somebody that I'm expecting to revert back to 2019. And 2019 was two months. It's just not something. And he's also got a shoulder issue. I, I, I won it as a Cardinal fan, and I really like Jack Flaherty. Uh, yes, I said it. I really, and you can at me, Team McKernan, all day long. It'll be fine. I don't care. I really like and respect Jack Flaherty, and I couldn't care any less one way or the other about his politics. I just really like him as a competitor, and I'd want him on my team all day long. Uh, I really like and respect Kurt Warner. Couldn't care less one way or the other about his politics or his really doesn't matter to me. I really like him and respect him as a competitor, and I'd want him on my team as well. So with that all said... I don't know what the Cardinals' expectation is for getting this rotation up to a level where you're competing with whoever you would consider to be the best team in the National League or the best teams in the National League. But that's not surprising, and I think that's why there is a high frustration level from the fan base. They're going, you knew this was a problem in the offseason. And yeah, you're not going to make a trade in the middle of April, but that's what the offseason is for. So what were you doing? And here you are 10 games in, and you're going, oh, I guess Jordan Montgomery, and assuming Jack Flaherty doesn't walk seven people, he can get through some innings, but you're going to tax your bullpen and wear that down because there's a a cause and effect to a bullpen having problems in May and June, and that's when they get taxed in April. So I'm concerned about it because I don't see any reason to think that he's going to tear it up. If he can start controlling his pitches, well, then perhaps, but one of the reasons why the stat line might be good is because the hitters might be sitting there going, well, we're going to take pitches because he's going to walk us. So it's kind of effectively wild out of the gate. Uh, Jackson, question two. What do you have here on this Tuesday throwdown brought to you by the Little Piddles Family Trust? Yes. <laughs> um, so I know how much people loved my... Uh, in-season NBA tournament question of last week. I mine still is favorite time zone. Yeah, that that one's really strong. I still have affinity for what <laughs> substance would you least want poured on you, a la Shane Bieber mm. in the uh, in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. But um, mm. I know people loved that NBA play-in or not the NBA in-season tournament. So I have a play-in tournament question. This is this is the second question of this throwdown. 
This, yeah, this is number two. This is the second question. This is question wow, two. Wow, what is three, four, five, and six? Oh, it just gets better and better. Uh, so the NBA begins their playing tournament tonight, meaning the seven through ten seeds will all need to compete to get into the playoffs. Do you think this is something Major League Baseball could stop? Follow me. I want to follow me. Okay. My thought is the two division winners with the most wins are automatically in. Don't have to worry about it. Those two are in. Now, you have a four-team then playing tournament. for two months. <laughs> no, no, no. Now, the third division winner plays a game versus the third wildcard team. If the division winner wins, they're in, no matter what. doesn't matter. If the third wildcard team wins, they play the loser of the first and second wildcard team to see who gets that last spot. What do you think? More excitements and the best teams still get a very fair shake. I almost took my headphones about 80%. I almost took them off. I was confused. I feel like the Zach Galifianakis gif where he's calculating formulas. I don't know. Here's what I know. Here's what I do know. What I do know is the following. We're anti-kink shaming. We are. We're pro-liberty. Absolutely. We're anti-results-oriented thinking, and we can't remember our fourth pillar. Correct. Those are the things that I know. Poor memory. (laughs) But I also know this. You play 162 games, reward the people who had the best 162 games. How many how many teams are getting into the playoffs now at this point? I guess it's the same number. Is that the deal? Or, yeah, or there, have we added a couple with your play? Well, with this, yeah. uh, it would be technically still, it would be four. So whoever had the best four. AAA season? No, it would be four. Like, it would be four teams would technically get in the playoffs. There would be six teams in the in the play-in tournament pool. Yeah. Well, so then, therefore, there's ten. No, 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 no. So there's... It, it doesn't matter what it is. Number one, because of time. I got to cut this off. And number two, because I can't follow it. And number three, honestly, I just don't care. That's that, 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 that probably should have been number one, actually. Just like this question should have never been number two, that should have been number one. I don't follow it. I just don't like to play 162 games, and then it's like, well, you had a great year. Like the Dodgers a couple of years ago, yeah. what, 100 and some odd games, whatever the hell they won. Uh, you could have had a bad outing by your starting pitcher, and then you're just done. I just don't like that. That's why this playing tournament works. Okay, you you state your case. I will I will yield the floor to. Ledoux. So that's a great example. So the Dodgers lose that game; they're not out of it yet. They would now they've, play. they've gotten rid of that. Right, right. But they it, could lose two now. That's the thing: is if you lose two, uh-huh. then you'd be out. Right. But you could if you lose that one game, you're not completely out of it. You then get another chance, and it kind of I know that Major League Baseball wants that one game playoff kind of thing to increase excitement. You could still have that without necessarily. You know, screwing teams who had great seasons. I understand. I mean, I, and here's the other thing about my passion on this. I also recognize, at least I think, I'm in the minority. You know, I think people like more teams in the playoffs. Yeah. I think, but I, for the life of me, I'm just, you know, you just water down the regular season. And it's one thing when it's an 82 game regular season, man. You double that, and now we got more playoff teams. I just, I just. Doesn't do it for me, Jackson. And I'm, I can't imagine they're really excited in Los Angeles going, yeah, the Lakers are in the play-in game. I mean, they feel like maybe they can make a run. Yeah. I was reading the L.A. Times and their succession column, uh, so that's why I was hanging out on the L.A. Times yesterday. But uh, I just, for baseball, I, I really, I do not like the direction that it is, uh, that it is gone. And you know what? It's 1048, so I know I got a break. (laughs) And we still have four questions. Plus, we have to give away these blues tickets, courtesy of 101 ESPN, for tomorrow's final home game at Enterprise Center. Uh, We'll wrap up the Lil Piddles 
Tuesday Throwdown. And Jackson will give away these two tickets coming up in the final segment. Then it's BK and Ferrario. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Actor here on 101 ESPN. Jackson, we are giving away tickets courtesy of 101 ESPN. Who has won these tickets? The Blues' final home game tomorrow night. A lot of texts came in. Appreciate all the fine listeners who sent in uh, their texts trying to win the tickets. Uh, But this one stands supreme. And it's uh, following my question about... uh, Major League Baseball possibly installing something similar to the NBA play-in tournament. This guy responds, hey, dip S, MLB already does this, you idiot. <laughs> and for that, you'll be going to the final Blues home game against the Dallas Stars tomorrow. But congratulations. It's wonderful to see in the Air Comfort Service text line the text that says, hey, dip S, which unfortunately is a word that uh, currently by FCC regulations I am not allowed to say on terrestrial radio. And then... MLB already does this, period, you idiot. And then the next text is, congratulations, you won Blues tickets. Yeah, it's really nice to see. Uh, I think that's a great look into uh, our world. And so uh, congratulations, that won you some tickets. I hope you enjoyed the Blues game. There it is. The tickets have been awarded. Uh, Jackson, uh, what other questions do you have on this little pills? I'm concerned about it after question two. Like, if that was two, what could possibly be next? But, um, you know, it's the little pills Tuesday throwdown, so I'm I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to answer. All right. so Joe Kelly hurt his leg during the brawl between the Pirates and White Sox. Hope for a speedy recovery for the former Cardinal. To me, Joe Kelly was an ultimate personality guy who provided a lot of laughs while also being a great player. Who are some other guys who come to mind in St. Louis sports when you think of personality guys? Oh, man. Boy, you could name like half the guys who've played for the Blues like ever. Right. Um, like Maroon to me. Like six that's, that's, that's an outstanding one. Uh, Kelly Chase, outstanding one. Um, let me pivot to see if I can give some Cardinals ones for the audience. Um, Matt Holliday was kind of a sneaker one, which yeah. made him really good. Yeah. Uh, and Lance Lynn would follow in the same category yep. that you would never think it. Now, Holiday's on every week here on 101 ESPN, and so you can get a sense for it. Um, but he, he had a real dry... I mean, he would attack TMA. I mean, absolutely attack TMA. We had a segment at spring training in which we were begging Adam. I mean, just pathetic. I mean, at that time, I guess I was in my 30, but 30s, but Doug and the cat, whatever age range they were, and we're begging Adam Wainwright to come on, who's, you know, younger than us. And he finally comes on, but he brings two security guards in the form of Matt Holiday and Lance Lynn over to our picnic table, and they stand there, and we just choke. I mean... It's like Kepka in the final 18, and you're just going, wow, thought we had it, but clearly we don't today. Just a bad day. And Holiday's like, you guys been begging this guy to come on the show all week. He finally sits down, and you ask, how do you think this team's going to be? That's all you got for him? This is terrible. And then Lance Lynn said he was going to burn our picnic table with jet fuel. Ah. He's going to use jet fuel on the picnic table. Uh, so I enjoyed the uh, the cutting, secretive element of the Holiday-Lance Lynn uh, pairing. God, Rams-wise... C-Long, Chris Long. Was that's there. a nice... See, I wasn't covering the team for C-Long's tenure, but that's a nice play. Although I don't necessarily 
think that you knew he had as great of a personality as he has when he was playing for the St. Louis Rams? I think you could sense it. Once Twitter came around, you got a better idea right. of it because he was a great Twitter But follow. I could tell. I remember saying, actually, to Maroon, as a matter of fact, I'd uh, love to have him do something with us, and yeah. he decided to start his own company and kill it, so what are you going to do? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, that's a nice play. I'm just trying to think, like, from the greatest show on turf era, there were some great interviews. Talked about Warner earlier in the show. He's a great interview. Um, Marshall Falk would always challenge you. It wasn't necessarily amusing. You had to be on your toes for your Marshall Falk conversations. Yeah. Uh, Aeneas Williams was a great one. Yeah, The offensive line guys were good entertainment. I would consider someone like Jeff Fisher as like a personality coach, like a coach who you get a good sound bite out of, and it's like you could tell, like you could have a beer with him. And like Mike Martz brought that to the table, not necessarily, and you could have a beer with, but you also he. You know, God, you didn't know what you were going to get in that, uh, but it was entertaining. Yeah, for sure. I like try. <laughs> All right, uh, Jackson, it's ten fifty nine. We got to go. Gotta shut down. Uh, BK and Ferrario are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungana, St. Louis Acura on one hundred and one ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN.